From the people who took you under the sea, comes someone out of this world. I was singing here. Meet Stitch on June 21st. He comes in peace. Hey! Just don't expect quiet. Disney's Lilo and Stitch. You forgot to mention Fluffy! Rated PG. Aloha, everyone, and welcome to Cinemarcade. This is the podcast about movies, video games, and the sparks that fly when those two worlds collide. My name is Steve Guntley, and uh, today we are talking about Lilo and Stitch, both the movie and the Game Boy Advance game, and I'm very excited to get into both. And uh, who else is joining me here today? Hello, I am Experiment 666, the more evil experiment. What number is Stitch? Is he he's six two six, six. six? So you're several units down from him. Like if you're in a cell. Oh yeah, I'm forty later. So. Okay, all right. So it's not like neighbor of the beast. You're you're no. you're like on a whole different cell block. Yeah. All right. Well, welcome, Experiment Six Six Six. Who else is here? Um, Captain uh, J. Benifer uh, <laughs> <laughs> of the Galactic Empire. <laughs> Oh, I see. You're here to you're here to gather up Justin and bring uh, him back. Yeah. I don't know if it was the Galactic Empire. I think that might be another Disney series. Which one is that? Is that Star, Star Wars? Wars. Oh. Uh, no, it's Disney. I still, they, for it whatever was Galactic reason. something or other, but I don't Galactic remember. Federation. Galactic maybe? Federation. I think yeah, it was, it was some kind like of some kind of generic like. It sci-fi. wasn't Republic or Empire. I know that it was not. <laughs> Uh, well, welcome everybody. We're excited for well for a couple reasons. Firstly, this is our first Disney film that we're going to cover. There are many of them that we're going to be getting into, and this is the first one. And Disney's also, nuts. The Disney's nuts. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you very much. Very sleepy, Justin. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be expecting classy, a lot of classic. <laughs> classic. We're going to be expecting Justin. a lot of comments Woo! of this caliber on this Lilo and Stitch episode. <laughs> I was almost asleep like five minutes ago. He was. So. It was That's very cute. Time. He was very cute. The puppy was cuddled up. It was very cute but uh it's also exciting for a peek behind the curtain this is the first time we've all recorded with all three of us sitting at the same time this is going to be <laughs> yeah. a whole new dynamic for me i don't me. know man i don't know that i mean i might I stand was, up at some point i was just used um, to lording it over you guys you know I, I i liked feeling so tall but now no we're all sitting well, we're in a, my new apartment which is much larger and we have room to all sit at the same time it really was a very awkward setup at the last place so uh thank you guys for bearing now, with me on that one as I try to brain through this one, this is one of the few that we've all seen before. Yeah, I think so. And that, that like, we've all seen, yeah. we all know we've seen before because, like, Scarface, I know I'd seen parts of it, right? But I also know that I'd seen those parts on cable television. Yeah. Um. So it probably wasn't even the same movie, basically. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and so yeah, we've uh, we're all definitely coming to this movie. I'm gonna assume right off the bat that we're all pro Lilo and Stitch. Is that is that a fair assumption to make? I oh, oh no, we're gonna be fighting. I don't know if I'm I'm not anti Lilo and Stitch. Okay, Get out. okay, all right. The door's right there. <laughs> I understand that this movie is beloved and by including my flatmate who we should have got to host because <laughs> he was quoting the movie as we were watching it yeah um i think it's a good movie i just think that it doesn't stack up against the renaissance oh see i have to i don't know for me now uh, justin would have been a child when this movie came out like so this would have been like kind of right in your yeah like, was this oh one yeah, this is 02. 02. 02. 02. I was so, seven. Yeah, so. so you you were very young. I was already like a teenager or like, yeah, yeah. I was nearly 20 when this movie came out. And so like I didn't get to this one until years later because it's like, oh, it's a baby movie. I'm not going to watch it. And then I watched it in my 20s and I'm like, all right, this thing slaps. This is so good. And I've come back and revisited it several times. And as I intimated last week, 
I think this is my favorite of the Disney features. This is oh. my very favorite one. Yeah, if I, I think this stacks up against all the Disney I'm Renaissance. A which sucker for a musical. Like, I, uh, I, I love a good musical. Don't get me look, wrong. I they love, had music. Yes, they did. They had one. The, the soundtrack is one of the key, like, features that this movie like slaps at yeah it, it, like the elvis and then the elvis covers and then the uh hawaiian roller coaster yeah uh, the, the, there's exceptional songs in this like uh, exceptional songs yeah uh and i really like the art direction yes um, yeah they have these really rich watercolors and everything it's got this very specific setting and this very specific time and place and I don't know for uh, like if it's not this f- for me it's Aladdin like yeah. those are the two like big ones for me like if uh, I love Will Smith in that one I'm yes. not gonna play devil's advocate <laughs> um, but I'm just like I the other Disney movies are like unequivocal loves maybe because I was a bit older when this came out as yeah. well I think I watched it when it came out because I'm still I'm still I, I like Disney movies and yeah. I like animate animated movies I just feel like um, I just it's missing a little something for me and I think that's um just because it feels episodic it feels like uh the first it feels like a pilot uh versus an animated feature uh in my personal opinion I mean I can see that like it doesn't I will say that the, it, it doesn't have kind of the same sort of uh airs about it that a lot of other like Disney features do it feels a little bit more like a smaller story it's got simpler uh, visuals like smaller characters you know but I think that's really where this movie excels in its characterizations I think this is a movie about two creatures that feel unlovable that feel like they don't deserve to be loved and that feel like they're they're too kind of broken and too weird to ever be embraced. Yeah. And something about that Stitch really Stitch and the ice cream me. guy. Oh, that <laughs> ice cream guy will never find love. Yeah, he will never find love. No, he, I mean, he finds love all the time. It just always finds love at the bottom gets of an destroyed. aloe bottle. <laughs> um, he gets that horrible sunburn every time. Yeah, I mean, I just, I love that this is a movie that is embracing some flawed characters and that it's it's not all princesses and and uh, uh fluttering birds and things like that this has a little bit more of an edge to it and I, I really yeah, appreciate it without I, ever feeling like I, edgy okay anybody listening to me i do like this movie i realize so there are some podcasts i listen to and for in one of the podcasts that i listened to for years they hated shawshank redemption i turned it off and i stopped listening to them for six months (laughs) so like i don't want to say i dis i don't dislike lilo and stitch i like it quite a bit i just think that it's a flawed movie i feel like there are things like i for example like what you mentioned like Mm. being um unloved and like acting out lilo gets over her acting outness the second she like encounters stitch i would have liked to have seen lilo be more problematic as time goes on because like lilo starts off a real strong character look like a real strong she throws hands that's in about half a second she escalates to uh, pulling her hair, punching her in the face, and then biting her in the arm. In the grand total of two and a half seconds, she pulls that off. This, she this goes is, hard. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. These opening couple of minutes of Lilo are unbelievable. Lilo is played in this movie by Dave Chase. You might better know her as the little girl crawling out of the well at the end of The Ring. Um, which wow, is that's a, a deep cut. I yeah, did not know that. Same girl, same girl. Yeah, and I think she gives such an incredible performance here. It's very rare that you get to see kids in movies, especially in animated movies, that act like real kids in the sense that kids can be annoying, kids can be selfish, kids can, they're not all like precocious super geniuses. They're not all like cuddly and warm or acting as props for their parents. Lilo is her own person. She's singularly weird. She's late to her dance recital because she's trying to feed a a sandwich to a fish. And then when somebody calls her out on it, she punches her in the face, like, and just kind of like lays on her chest and starts beating on her face. And that was the moment for me where I'm just like, all right, well, I'm in love with this movie. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's such a lovely little moment, you know, and like she's being taken care of by her older sister because they're, they're orphaned. I love her older sister. Nani yeah. is wonderful. This is Tia Carrere, who you might know from Wayne's World, uh, which another movie we've talked about on the show. Yeah. 
uh, and lovely I'm pretty sure she sang the song as well. Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 She's a she's a musician as well. And yeah, this is a really lovely performance from her. How old do we think Nani is? Like 18, 19? She's very young. She's early 20s. 18, 19, something like that. She's, and that's another great characterization. She is burdened with the care of her little sister, and she loves her little sister, but she's also gets under her skin and the movie is not shy about showing that and that's i think a really honest thing kids can be annoying and it's okay to acknowledge that kids annoy you or make you angry sometimes i loved the go to your room i'm already in my room yeah, yeah. and then uh, slams the door evidently a uh kapu which was written on the door is keep out in okay. hawaiian oh i like um, that did you guys know, uh, this is a side tangent, but did you guys notice they changed this movie on Disney Plus? I watched, I watched it on Amazon. So the, okay. the scene that you're talking about. You know what I'm talking uh, about. Yeah, I know yeah. what you're talking who, about. There's, who only has a dryer and not a washer? That's the thing. Okay, so in, in the original cut, when Lilo is hiding from her sister, she crawls into a dryer. And I think Disney was worried that they were going to, uh, kids were going to have a bad influence on that. So they changed it to like an open air cabinet with a pizza box in front they of it. They changed it for the UK distribution. Is that what it so was? So the UK distribution is now what is on uh, Disney, Disney Plus. Plus. Yeah. Uh, but Amazon, if you still want that sweet, sweet dryer hiding. Um, <laughs> did you have to rent on Prime? Or? I did rent on Prime. I I don't know. Like, I go back and forth between having Disney Plus because like, I, I love the Star Wars shows and I love like going down these like sympathetic backstories of watching great Disney movies. But what push comes to shove, like I don't feel like watching Disney day to day. That's uh, fair. That's why you just need to have enough roommates that when you combine powers, you have all the streaming services except for HBO Max. No, okay. HBO. I could not live without HBO Max. That is the uh, one that we all live without. That's, uh, no. I mean, I will say, uh, not to two side tangent this, uh, HBO Max has gotten significantly worse since it has. It, the rebranding. Now yeah. it's like they're... It's, because they're making a Discovery Channel forward, yeah. so it's a lot of like shitty reality shows. So that on, before they changed it over, they used to have a Turner Classic Movies and Studio Ghibli like dedicated they, like little buttons on the side. They still have those, but they're kind of buried. They're buried. And we, like, David Zaslav was really actively trying to get rid of Turner Classic Movies for a while. We got really excited because me and my roommates went on a trip to Indianapolis, and we were there. We were staying in basically an Airbnb. And we turn the TV on, and it's a Roku, and we see that, oh, it has all of the apps installed. Uh, Max, we've never even seen what this looks like. Yeah. So we click on it, and we're like, we're finally going to get to – and then it pops up to the login screen, and we're like, oh, Never it. mind. Yeah. We were hoping that somebody was still logged in. Maybe the owner paid for it. I don't know. It, it will just never but, cease to amaze me that they are burying HBO, which is like the strongest brand the strongest that they brand, have. Yeah. They're burying that in favor of like shitty Discovery Channel reality shows. Yeah. But this is a whole other conversation. Instead, uh, some guy named Trevor was logged into the Netflix. So we, oh, we watched Netflix. Yeah, really fuck with Trevor's wanna... algorithm. Yeah. Oh, we, oh, we did. Just make him watch nothing but 90 Day um, Fiance. We also... Uh, same person was logged into the YouTube account. Yeah. So we pulled up some solid weeb shit. Okay. And like their YouTube history was all like, we knew the make, model, and general year of this guy's pickup <laughs> truck because it was just all how to fix things for this truck. Okay. Uh, it was all just like manly content. And we're like, no, it's listen, listen you need to watch more Attack on Titan, my guy. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's what true. you need in your life. Well, let, let me back up and give some backstory on this movie a little bit. So Lilo and Stitch was released June 21st, 2002. It's directed and written by Chris Sanders and Dean Dubois. And it stars Dave Chase, T.U. Carrere, Ving Rames, Jason Scott Lee, David Ogden Stiers, Kevin McDonald, and Chris Sanders providing the voice of Stitch. So Chris Sanders actually first created this character for a children's book that he wrote back in 1985 when he was still a student at CalArts. And uh, the book was just about this mysterious little forest monster who caused mischief but was misunderstood. He pitched it to a couple people. It never got picked up, but he kind of just kept it on the back burner as he started pursuing his animation career. He became a storyboarder for Disney during kind of the early rise, the early renaissance. So he worked on Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Lion King, all the big ones. And he was gradually developing a bigger and bigger reputation within the company. 
Um, and so by 1997, uh, this the Disney realized that kind of all of their big hits so far have been these big public domain stories, fairy tales, mythology, historical stories, things like that. They wanted to branch out and do something a little bit more original, and they knew they wanted Sanders to direct this film. So they had this retreat where they sat around, they t uh, pitched some uh, new ideas. Sanders remembered his original children's book idea and decided to adapt it. They decided to uh, change him from a little forest monster to an alien. And they wanted him to be trapped somewhere, so they put him on the remote island in Hawaii where he really couldn't escape and he was forced to uh, interact with Especially people. Especially because he is unable to swim. Yes, his, his molecular structure they established is very dense and he can't swim off the island, uh, which is a smart little touch, I think. And yeah, this animation style we mentioned is really distinctive. They decided to use these lush watercolor backgrounds for 2D animation. And it's worth noting, 2D animation was kind of on the way out at mm -hmm. this point. I think there's only two more traditional Disney animated films after this before they kind of go straight up. No, there's three. We have uh, Brother Bear, Home on the Range, and uh, Princess and the Frog, which is kind of, oh, a, kind of a, a revival. most well-known bangers Disney has ever produced. Have you seen Home on the Range? No. We might, be, we're, we I, might be watching Home on the Range. I really, like, I don't, I really loved Princess and the Frog, but I, I don't Princess know whether or not it holds up. Like, but I'm, at the time, I was like, I really dug Princess and the Frog. It's really good. Uh, Home on the Range is unwatchable. That movie is, it's been chopped up to death, so it's like 65 minutes long. But I mean, if you want to see Roseanne Barr sharing billing with Dame Judi Dench, uh, that's the one place <laughs> you get to do it. That's when they both play cows. The one thing you've been waiting for for a long time. Oh, absolutely. Time. That's, the, that's the dream team right there. Um, yeah, they've got this really gorgeous animation. Uh, I remember this film came out in June of 2002, and I remember this because this was my Barbenheimer. This mm -hmm. was the moment back then, because this opened the same day as Steven Spielberg's Minority Report. Uh, both of them were going head-to-head. -head. Nobody was sure which one was going to win out. And I remember the the tallies, the box office tallies at the end of the weekend put Minority Report ahead. And then when they retallied it on Monday, Lilo and Stitch was ahead. So they were you know, basically neck and neck. I need to revise this. Yeah. Or my history. Because like, it's becoming clear to me when I finally first saw this. I first saw this after working at as a Disney store temp. You um, did? Okay. I did oh. Because like, I would sell so many stitches. Oh, cool. And I was like, who is this? And so... <laughs> He's just a little guy. He's just a little guy. And at the Disney store, they had DVDs that you could borrow if you like hadn't seen the movie. Oh, nice. And so I think I borrowed the DVD from my Disney store to watch Lilo and Stitch. Uh, How so, long were you at this Disney store? Uh, I was at a, a good three, four months. Okay. All right. Um, Solid. I, had so much fun. People would come in and they'd be like, dear God, I have to buy a present. And they'd look at me with like the, the despair in their eyes. And I'd be like, don't worry, I can help you. And Let like, me point you to the stitches. <laughs> <laughs> this is where the snitches go. Because yes. bitches love stitches. Well, it's so, like, so it's like all these people, they know, they're like, okay, my beloved, my child, my mom, loves this uh this character uh and, and this work really resonated with me because my mom loves piglet from winnie the pooh sure uh and so you, the thing is is you can't get them the regular stuffed animal because they already have the regular stuffed animal they've got you got to get them the edgy one the one that looks like an angel for christmas <laughs> that's the edgy one yeah <laughs> i was thinking they have one like oh here's bloods and crips piglet you know we have your different ones yeah. oh god <laughs> this one comes with an ak-47 and people and like you know what any when like push comes to shove there's nothing wrong with some disney pajamas yeah where <laughs> hey this was a disney store in aberdeen scotland oh okay All i right. don't i don't know if i that's a concept that's new to me is you've never been to a disney store no scotland one, there's a huge one in times square oh you've never you've never heard of scotland i see <laughs> No, yeah, no. I'd never heard of there being like a Disney store. Yeah, yeah. It's this whole chain. It was like yeah. a mall stable. But I guess you grew up in a post-mall world, really. Yeah. We had a mall. It just sucked. Um, <laughs> they all suck now. But it's really funny. The thing that you need to ask is whether or not their, their sound system was long enough not to drive you crazy. And it was. It was 90 minutes. Okay. So, like... Uh, was it like Radio Disney? It was Radio Disney. Yeah. Like, it was... But it definitely, like, you did hear more than... The same song more than once in an eight-hour shift, but you didn't hear it say more than four times in an eight-hour shift, which okay. isn't unbearable. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
That's doable, I think. Yeah, I mean, and the songs are generally good enough that like you're. Uh, you're not and they had be... some deep cuts. They yeah. had some deep, deep cuts. Um, Stuff from the Aristocats or something. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Yeah. there the was soundtrack to Black Cauldron. Three Disney stores in Austin, however, well, there was two, and then one in San Marcos, and the San okay. Marcos one is the only one left. Hey, all right, road trip. Road trip. Got to go down there. Yeah, we got to get some. Woodies. I can fit one person in my car. <laughs> <laughs> I can fit your car in my car. <laughs> Honestly, that's <laughs> the case. Uh, what is, is so built like a steakhouse drives like a bistro? <laughs> um, is there a favorite Disney thing that your mom loves? No, my mom's not a Disney person. Not a Disney person. No. What is she? What is she? What is your go-to present for her? Random stuff, honestly. Coffee mugs. I got. Uh, look, I don't advertise this to my family. Uh, magnets, uh, mm. pins, uh, stuff like that. Just like I, I have a, a thing right now for her from San Antonio. Um, last year, I just perused some of the. Uh, like South Congress, South First Areas, like stores mm-hmm. and stuff. I think South Congress is the one with Big Top. Is that South Congress? Yeah, South Congress. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this is not relevant to anyone who's not. Yeah, in Austin, no. I just yeah. got her like random artsy stuff. It was like, uh, what's the the style of like Day of the Dead, where it's like a lot of popping colors and stuff. Oh yeah, I know what you mean. I don't know what that's uh, called. Yeah. It, it was she liked elephants for a very long time and always okay. had an elephant like statue or statuette. So I got her one of those painted up like that and uh and a coffee mug from the gift store at the Capitol building. My my parents are at that age where like I, anytime I ask them what they want for Christmas or their birthday, they always tell me, "Oh, don't get me anything, don't get me anything." So yeah. I just get them a lot of candles. That's <laughs> my mom loves candles. You can't you can't go wrong with can't candles. Go wrong with it's candles. Like, can't go wrong with candles. My yeah. my mom cheats because she always just asks me for an Amazon wish list, and that's it. And I'm like. I went out of my way and found things for you. I've already got half of Christmas for both my parents done. What? It's August. Hey, yeah. Hey. You're putting us I all to shame. Here. I, I went to Indianapolis. There's a racetrack there. My dad, huge NASCAR guy. Yeah. So I got him from uh, the Motor Speedway gift shop a die-cast car of his favorite driver now. That's, um, that's fair, because that, that's because you were traveling. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I just, same thing nor- with my are mom. Are you one of those people who normally gets Christmas Not normally, but I've been early? trying to be a little bit better at it, because I'm normally very last minute. I, mm. um, I need some Christmas music if I'm Christmas shopping. If I am yeah. laying that money down for people that I love, I need some Christmas ambiance. Okay, you um, need to, yeah. I mean, I win. it starts sooner every year. Thrift shopping in, like, March, uh, or not thrift shopping, uh, antique. I went to an antique store in March, and I got Whitney's birthday present. Okay. <laughs> so there you go. I'm like, all right, you're this thinking is that through. So I mean, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to just keep my brain open and more attentive to like seeing something, and going, oh, that's perfect for so and so, and then going, you know what? Their whatever isn't for six months. I'll just buy it now and hold on to it, and hopefully, I, I remember where I put it. This may all seem like a tangent, but it's important to remember that Ohana means family. family. So we're talking about Ohana is very right important. Now. Um, yes, and that's my that's my stitch voice. Um, it's a pretty, it's pretty good. Oh, I get uh, a, a lot of miles out of this. No, I don't. But yeah, I um, you were mentioning the colors a lot, and that's something that I noticed. I don't know if they touched up any of it in the Disney Plus version in terms of like remastering, improving anything I don't think like that. So. But uh, the colors pop. They do. They do. And it, it's, yeah, and I think that's that's kind of what you were referring to. Like, there's something about it that makes it feel a little small. I compare it to the recent Pixar film, Luca. Did you mm-hmm. see that one? I loved Luca. Charming movie, but it's also very small. It's got that kind of staid color palette, like, which is very visually striking, but it also isn't as... Um, hyperkinetic as a lot of other Pixar movies. And I think this movie falls in the same trap. Like it seems simple because it has these like Mm -hmm. matte backgrounds that all the animation has been done on. For me, that just kind of gives it a lot of extra personality. And, and also I think another thing that gives it personality, which is something that I think is pretty cool for the time was that it takes place in, uh, in the Hawaiian islands. Yeah. And it's really, uh, imbued with that culture and with that, love that flavor. And like, uh, I think that really makes it stand fact, out. And like the character designs too are 
much more realistically shaped, much more like, you know, like uh, a lot of people have made a big point about the fact that Nani has like hips, you know, she's got some, she's got some big thighs. thighs. Yeah. You know, like they, Look, she's been given like more realistic proportions than a lot of like Disney types have been given. When, when you're eight or nine. <laughs> they, oh no. <laughs> I'm not going to ask about this. But yeah. uh, no. And I, I think it was, it was really interesting to me watching it now of it being like, uh, as an adult and thinking more about these things and going, oh, you know what? There was uh, the only characters who weren't Hawaiian were Agent Cobra Bubbles yeah. and the, the aliens. name. Yeah, it's so good. Perhaps in all of cinema. For a great character. Being like Rames. Stoic, yeah. Playing the same character who pretty much played in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> I, I read this was originally supposed to be Jeff Goldblum. They were going to do a kind of oh, like nebbishy like uh, white I'm, guy. I'm so glad they went with this because oh, it's like yeah. there's just clearly such a story here. This guy's working for Child Protective Services, but he clearly has like some kind of black ops like sort he's, of background. He's you know? working for Child Protective Services. He's a fucking massive dude. And he has his first name tattooed onto his knuckles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, this is not the guy you'd normally expect to come for Child Protective Services. It's but, great. It's great. Um, I mean, and so that brings in that there is a subplot throughout the whole movie where uh, Nani is being evaluated to of whether or not she can remain as Lilo's guardian. And so that gives the stakes up front of like, one... We have this interesting culture that a lot of people aren't going to be familiar with. Yeah. And two, we also have a non-standard family unit where we have a sister who is playing the mother, which isn't crazy uncommon for Disney, but I think this is more of the day-to-day experience than yes. what Disney usually touches and on. And of the struggle, too. Yes. Like, she loses her job and is trying to find it's just definitely something. definitely more of a working-class, yes. like, situation. Yeah. Uh, like, she's a server... Uh, at a luau and she loses her job she tries so like again i think maybe one of the reasons why i like this movie a little bit less than other disney movies is because i get so stressed out by this fucking movie like like nani like she's doing her fucking best she's going out there hitting the pavement like shaking hands trying to and like no matter what she does her little sister is like fucking it up for her and well her little sister and their dog and yes. their dog but they're like both of them but, like stitch stitch <laughs> in yeah. case you didn't know uh, uh listeners <laughs> uh but it's just like it, it broke my heart that she'd be working so hard and she's going and she gets a job and then she comes back and her house is exploded this you know? this is the thing i love when uh animated films uh capture this and this is why uh, stay with me here I'm one of the biggest defenders of the movie's Monster University, um, which is like a lot of people just kind of dismiss that. It's like, all right, it's a prequel to Monsters, Inc. It's like not as fun as the original. That's a movie that is expressly about dealing with failure and how sometimes you can't undo it. Sometimes you just fail. Mm-hmm. And I think this movie's covering a lot of those same things, you know. And also just most sadness. Dis- yeah. Most Disney movies are just going to be like, if you work hard enough and if you're plucky and you try hard, then you're going to achieve your dreams. And this movie and Monsters University are both like, no, no, you're not necessarily going to. Or if you do achieve your dreams, it may not be in the route that you thought it would be. And I think that's an important thing to cover in a movie for young kids. And we should talk about Stitch a little bit. We haven't really mentioned Stitch much. So, you know, for those who aren't familiar, Stitch is an alien monster. He's been bred in a lab to be an ultimate weapon, but he's gotten too out of control. He's too smart. He's too strong. And he escapes. He crash lands on Earth, and uh, he needs to adopt the role of a, a, a domestic house pet in order to kind of blend in. Because there is a squad of... Well, there's two guys. What was yeah, two guys in the squad. There's the Jamba? It's Jamba, Jamba and Dr. Pleakley. So it's uh, David Ogden Stiers, Pleakley, who's the, yeah. uh, playing Jamba, who's the doctor who created him. And then Pleakley is Kevin McDonald from Kids so in the Hall. So something that I love about this movie, even though it makes no fucking sense, I love the fact that he has a Russian accent. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> well, because he... Also, they go back to he's David a scientist. Ogden Stiers a lot. David Ogden Stiers also played the clock in Beauty and the Beast. He played the villain in Pocahontas, and he's playing Jumba here. So they really liked him, and they brought him back for Look, voice if, roles a lot. Is this movie... Uh, Captain Gantu is a really famous voice actor. and he, Yeah, that's he's... Kevin Michael Richardson. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he... Oh, God. I knew, like, a bunch of... I, 
just read a bunch of things that he do- he had done recently. I think it was on the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh, he's he's in everything. He's now on The Simpsons. He's now yeah. He's he's just one of the most prolific voice actors, and he's great. I love his. I love Captain Gantu's voice and like his character yeah. design. Yeah, I I think they had a solid smattering of different and good voices and voice actors for sure. Because having Ving Rhames, having uh, what was that name that you just Kevin said, McDonald. Kevin, yeah, yeah. Had, Kevin Michael Richardson, Kevin yeah. Michael both, Richardson, both all of them. Uh, it's such an interesting soundscape. Yeah, where you have uh, you have the like deep authoritative person, you deep voiced. You have like the deep voiced, mysteriously authoritative person. Yeah. Uh, the more stoic one, and then you have like this guy with a Russian accent. You have a kind of a goofball character. You've got Stitch, uh, and then you have the the two main characters. Uh, you have the other two main characters. Sanders yeah. voiced Stitch, didn't he? Yes, Chris Sanders does the voice. The director Chris Sanders does the voice of Stitch, uh, and. I I really love Stitch too because he's kind of, he starts the movie as kind of just an irredeemable monster and he does not have an immediate transition like he's kind of a dick for most of the movie yeah. and it's a realistic progression because like he has never had a reason to sympathize with anybody uh, he's only been a weapon he's only been violent so it's kind of also a nice metaphor for like rescue dogs and things yeah. like that. You know, why you should kind of yeah. give them a chance and be patient with people. But and to, to explain why he seems unredeemable, uh, he's being hunted by these two people, these two aliens who have been sent to track him down. However, one of their primary directives is to not cause an incident yes. on Earth about the fact that they are aliens on Earth. And so they have to do it all out of sight. And so they go to, they keep trying to get him, and he's like hiding behind Lilo and being like, I'm a dog. Hey. And it's also like eventually, it's just gradually becoming more like he never really passes as a dog, which I think is a, no. a nice touch. Like, Nobody ever looks at him until, yeah. until the like prologue sequence. Right. But I mean, it's it ta- like Nani is never fully on board with the fact that it's a dog. Like he, she always said, like, and I think that's a smart choice because. These characters aren't stupid. This guy is a yes. little blue koala, you know. And yes, he's tucking two of his forearms like <laughs> yeah, aside somehow, but he still does he's, not look he, like, like a dog. He sucks them into his body. It's really interesting. Well, I'm going to like and I think it's interesting. And again, I don't necessarily So I do think that Lilo learns to take care of Stitch. By doing that, she learns to behave a little bit better for her sister because she realizes how frustrating it is. Um, But I just, I do think that one of the things that this movie does so fucking well is montages. It does. Like the uh, Elvis Presley uh, montages are just so fucking adorable. Uh, they're very well cut. They've they got little. The they're one of the reasons why I love animation so much is to have these little, little stories within stories. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like the montages are just exceptional at that. I yeah, think- it's it's the right length. It's not like a training montage. It's like these are events that are happening, but you get like a one minute, two minute scene, and then we're on to the next part of this three piece arc, and then. Five minutes or less, we're through it. We've got it done. We've I, made some jokes. On, on my other podcast, uh, Puppet Masters Castle Freeze, we recently watched a movie called Prehysteria, which is a, it's a kid's film from the early 90s. And the main character, the little kid in that, is really into like old Elvis music or old Elvis-style music. And we were commenting how that doesn't really track for a kid in this time. But it tracks for Lilo because A, uh, Elvis is really intrinsically tied with Hawaii. Like he had a lot of albums in Hawaii, sang Blue Hawaii, shot the movie there. And also you really get the sense that she got these albums from her parents. So it's something that she's clinging to because she misses her parents. I have to completely disagree. I think you put Elvis on for a three-year-old, they will rock the fuck out. Yeah, yeah, it does help that she's younger. Yeah, yeah, she's like four or five. uh, Like... Oh, she's not four or five. I think she's eight. Oh, she's not eight. She's, <laughs> she's got to be eight. She's like eight she's, to ten. Let's say she's six or seven. 
Let's eights. not. Like, I, I feel like eights. she'd be, she'd she be is, bigger. I think that's why she she's so frustrating. Emotionally intelligent. Why, I think that's why she's so frustrating is because she's okay. six. Okay. All right, are we Googling this? We Googled, All right, we'll turn into Google for wait, this. Wait, wait, we've got a vamp. Okay. We'll, okay. Who's going to take on the Google? Oh, um, you, go, uh, you, go, yeah, Google you, you Google. Yeah, you Google it. You Google it. Because, yeah, I mean, I, but I, I feel like that would have been music that my parents would have forced me to listen to. Uh, and uh, I think she's using it as kind of a way to cling on to this memory of her parents. Yeah. Uh, and it makes for, you know, some charming moments. But also, like, Elvis was very uh, tied to Hawaii. I liked, they had a lot of... I say subtle gags, but it's like it's that thing where they have gags that happen and they don't call it out. Sure. They don't make it super obvious. So seven. 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 Okay. We were all pretty close. Yeah. Oh, wait. No. Lilo was five years old at the original story. Okay. Uh, But at the cake, uh, at the end of the movie, there's cake. So that it's, she was seven. Okay. Jesus. That that indicates that she was six for the majority of the movie. Okay. Okay. All right. That makes sense. That makes but, sense. So that's uh, that's about the right age for her to be kind of the, because she's very bratty and she's very kind of incapable of caging in. Now I'm worried because like I feel like you could leave an eight year old home for like 15 minutes by themselves, but like a six year old. I mean, unless you're in Japan. Yeah. Like, like uh, that's and and again, it's like I think the movie gives Nani a little slack with that because it's just her. Like you, nobody else yeah. is helping. Did but. you ever? watch the japanese um like they have the ja- uh um it's on netflix this is the one about the little kids the walking, little kids to, do walking to the store to do shopping and I running didn't... errands it's so fucking fun and stressful to see these little children be all like here <laughs> the run and like it's it's absolutely hilarious. i don't know what money is but i was told to buy some ramen all I remember was seeing the SNL parody where it's like women trying to help their boyfriends do basic tasks. And it was just exactly that. It's just like, well, I, what, I need to go to the store? Yeah. Uh, I mean, okay, so here, here's a lot of the reason I resonate with this movie is because um, I was adopted. So uh, stories about found family always really, like, stick with me and stories about um, – unlovable people finding love or, 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 or being deserving of love even if they don't believe that they are really connect with me I think um, just on a personal level and I think this movie really captures that experience really beautifully so like this idea of you know yeah she has her sister who's like a blood family but then stitches her family and uh, uh, who's the who's the guy uh, David is a, a part of the family and yeah. Cobra Bubbles becomes part of the family and the two aliens become part of the family like I, I love that idea and the idea of Ohana that they talk about in this movie about never leaving each other behind you know it's a really sweet concept and I think that really clicks with me beyond beyond all just like the the fun that this movie offers I yeah. think that it is a really sweet concept I just don't feel like the I feel like the story arc for Lilo is a bit weak compared and just like it is overcast by uh, Stitch's antics. And I think it would have been really easy to fix that. Uh, But again, I think it's a really likable movie. And I definitely love the like I get teary eyed at the end because of the in the beautiful family montages. Yeah. Like in when cobra bubbles becomes a part of the family and i also like um i love the fact at the end cobra bubbles was like no we won't take it like like we won't take this person away from you yeah. but um you know we, we need to talk about but rebuilding your house and he's, <laughs> like, he's patient throughout like he's stern yeah. but he's patient like there's yeah. a moment that always gets to me where he just says i know you're trying yeah but we need to think about what's best for her like he he acknowledges that she is making yeah i i think the big thing for me was uh i have always for as long as i can remember struggled with depression and yeah. feeling alone and lost which is the exact things that lilo's going through yeah and that was like that's the age of my earliest memories Mm -hmm. and so i was going through the same thing at that time which was coincidentally when this movie was coming out yeah yeah um and so i actually i watch this at work i cried two different times (laughs) while watching the movie luckily i was the only person in the office today there you go perfect perfect. i got to cry silently at my desk alone (laughs) which i don't know if that's better that's an american tradition right (laughs) (laughs) but uh and so that was the thing that even as an adult, I was like, oh, man, I remember this. I don't remember a lot of things from when I was that young. But I, I, this movie brought back a lot of, like, 
those parallels to me that I felt at the time that I had forgotten about. Yeah. Uh, uh, something that I do really love about this movie is I love the fact that Lilo looks like a child. She does. Yes. Because um, there's so many Disney movies where you have this sort of like preternaturally like elven situation going on. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and so I really did like the fact that she looked like a child, like, uh, and that she was dressed as a child and, um, and she acted like a child. Um, and I did like, I did like the beginning, like, I think that's, I was so invested in Lilo. I think that's why, like, uh, it just sort of became a little, um, chaotic for me. Um, because she's such a like vibrant character the second that she comes on the screen. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what I've got, and they're so rare that they show women committing violence. Um, and they have, we need more of that, Frank. Yeah, no, we do. Because it's definitely like children and little girls are just as pissed off and unregulated as boys. Uh, they just get it like beat, like, you know, like drilled out, drilled of, them, out yeah. of them at a very young age. Uh, but it's just like, um, I really. Um, yeah um i think it's really interesting that the uh galactic federation yeah um they were so um uh, they were so willing to just lock away this living creature yeah (laughs) yeah it's like ah well to be fair they did classify or they did clarify sorry if uh, there's a lot of noises i adjust my mic that's all Uh, right they did clarify that the reason why was because uh, the genetic experiments that were done to create Stitch were express, expressly prohibited and banned and illegal. And right. So, Jumbo starts the movie like being sentenced to jail for creating. Yes. Him. Yeah. And then for what is implied to be a very serious crime. Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, they. Uh, made a prequel video game, which is almost entirely about Stitch's hijinks up before yeah. this moment. Well, that that actually um, might be a good time to transition to the game if you guys are ready. Like, because um, uh, I think there's a lot to talk about here. Now, like I mentioned, we have a lot of Disney movies to cover because almost every Disney movie has a video game. Does adaptation. Luca have a video game? No, it doesn't. I, after a point, they stop. Like, they kind of stopped making them in general. But I would um, love to talk about Luca. Yeah, just trying. Everybody, your your end goal is just racing to get a moped. Yeah, I think after. After, after like maybe 2016 or something, pretty much all of the Disney games became mobile games or something like that. Uh, but yeah, so there, there are a ton of Disney games. And to be totally honest, I wasn't super excited to talk about this one or really a lot of them because so many of these Disney movie games fall into the same sort of lukewarm area where they're like maybe not like transcendently great, but they're always pretty solid. Like they're always pretty fun. And that leaves you with not a lot to talk about. I was surprised that this one has some stuff to talk about. Like this one is a pretty interesting adaptation. So if, if I'm not mistaken, um, I feel like Nintendo was kind of picky because this was a Game Boy advanced game. And I, if I'm, Remembering correctly, Nintendo was a little protective of their image. Yeah. Uh, and they always have been. Uh, just make sure it's turned on. <laughs> another mic drop incident. We cannot trust you with um, this mic. We're having another it's, lost Look, it's got to point upwards. Here. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Nintendo was, both in terms of content and in terms of quality, kind of policing the games that were being released. Yeah, for a so long time. So you couldn't time. get away with an E.T. quality game on the Game Boy well, and they, have any attention whatsoever on it. They did and they didn't. You know, for years, Nintendo had the Nintendo seal of quality, which they put on their yeah. boxes ever since the NES. Uh, and then in the Wii era, they discontinued that. And because of the Wii also, as we realized last week with Balls of Fury, has a lot of really poor, like, shovelware style games that were being put on it. And oh, like not with Grease? You can't really argue. <laughs> I would argue Grease was better than Bells of Fury. I mean, I would too. Yeah, but like, but... you, you, yeah, I think they stopped kind of monitoring that to as much of a degree. But it was always sort of a ceremonial thing. There are bad NES games. There are bad Super NES games. There are bad N64 games. And, but... 
I think this one, this is one that people were not paying attention to. Uh, this came out right around the same time as the movie. It was being done by Digital Eclipse, who had done a lot of Disney games for them. So they were kind of on autopilot at this point. And so they're like, all right, well, we have free reign. We can do whatever we want. We want to do Metal Slug. Now, for those who aren't familiar, Metal Slug is an SNK arcade game from the early 90s. And I'm going to take a little moment to humble brag here. My greatest video game accomplishment from back when I was still good at video games was that I beat Metal Slug in the arcade on a single quarter. And some people are like, whoa, oh my God. Some people are like throwing shit all over the ground right now. Like everybody's very, very impressed. Um, but I love Metal Slug. Metal Slug is just a great, like, run-and-gun, cartoony shooter. So it's, like, violent, but it's also very silly and very cartoony. And this one is really built off of that same model. You play as Stitch, you run around with your forearms, and you hold guns in each of them, and you just kind of run-and-gun uh, little enemies and try and dodge them, and uh, uh, that's really about that. But I think this is such a smart approach to take with this. First of all, because the source material is a great game. It's super playable. And there was already a very successful Metal Slug uh, Game Boy Advance game that they had to operate off of. And secondly, I think it fits this brand really well. Now, this is not a direct adaptation of the movie. This is actually a sequel. So this is... Lilo and Stitch had three made-for-TV movies and uh, a t three seasons of a TV show that were all fairly successful. And so this is kind of bridging that gap between the movie and the TV show. Uh, Lilo gets kidnapped again. Stitch has to go off and save her, and that's kind of the crux of the plot. Uh, but I think this game excels in a couple of different ways. Firstly, uh, well, I don't know if this is excels or not, but this is a much harder game than you would expect for this age group and this demographic, right? Like, I think we were all kind of struggling with it. Yeah. Like, if it, it was one of those fair challenges. It was, but I beat the boss. You beat the boss. <laughs> all of us failed. We all took an at-bat, and you were the like, one who actually that, brought it home. That particular boss had some interesting, not even mechanics, but it was just like there were some invulnerability frames that were in unexpected points, and so... I'm just hearing a lot of excuses. No, I mean, definitely. <laughs> like, yeah. it, it took effort and you pattern recognition. You know why? Because there, <laughs> there wasn't moving platforms. That's, that's the thing. That's that's why you were able to get in there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely kicked, kicked all of our asses, but J-Ban was the one who triumphed ultimately. Um, yeah, so I, I really like this game because it was adapted. Like, it felt like it wasn't, um, it was at a good level of difficulty. It was more difficult than you'd imagine for a child's game. Uh, but it was definitely, like, doable. Um, like, and they had, you go from Stitch to Lilo levels, and the Lilo levels are more games where you hide from the, uh, that, was the thing <laughs> that took I a little while to get, to figure out is that you had to hide from these because as Lilo, you had no, uh, gun, no defense. That was the thing I wasn't expecting, and I should have, given that the title of the game is Lilo and Stitch. But you know, you 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 have a running gun level where you're playing a Stitch, and then you switch over to Lilo, who is in the enemy ship, and then it becomes more of like stealth puzzle solving. Yeah, and I think that's a really interesting approach to take. And then you cut away from that, and you're into a behind the back like 3D shooter level where Stitch is like flying to a different planet trying to like save her. And then you switch to a tank level, which is very Metal Slug, like where Stitch is driving in a tank. And then it all culminates in a final level that's straight up Gunstar Heroes. If like people are into <laughs> Sega games like Gunstar Heroes, uh, you can jump onto the roof and onto the ground and you're like jumping up and down to dodge uh, all these bullets. It's definitely, and like the final boss was very reminiscent of many Mega Man yes. <laughs> bosses. Yeah, there was a lot of Mega Man in there. Overall, I mean, there was just a lot more effort and care and uh, energy put into this game than I was expecting there to be. And even even having prefaced it with saying that like most of the Disney games are pretty solid, uh, this one was really surprising to me. And apparently like uh, Disney, the, the developers were worried about this game. They were worried to show it to Michael Eisner, who was the CEO of Disney at the time, because they thought it might be too violent. It is, you know, a little violent. You know, you're shooting ray guns at, like, space otters, but and there's no Who, blood then anything, they, but... like, there's, like, Zs above their heads so yeah. that you know that they're still alive, even though they disappear. They get a little snoozy animation. You, you messed but, them up. They but are, you are shooting guns for a lot of this um, game. Um, but apparently Michael Eisner loved this game, and... I did not realize how successful this was. This is one of the top 50 selling Game Boy Advance games. Oh. Down. Like, this is a really successful game. 
uh, which are good for them. Like, well, um, speaking of, we didn't talk about the success of the Lilo and Stitch, the the movie. The movie was actually a pretty big success. It it was a solid success. It was still f- flagging behind pretty much every Pixar movie, and uh, then it was second to Ice Age that year. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So, so, but it was still like losing out to CG animated movies, and then when Brother Bear and Home on the Range were the next ones, and they kind of tanked. Uh, I think Disney was like, all right, it's time to pull the plug on this 2D animation, you know. But this was kind of the last really successful 2D animated movie uh, to come out of Disney. And the animation in this game reflects that really well. Yeah. And I think this looks yeah. really nice. There's other something than, really charming about the look of a Game Boy Advance Other than... Game. The Lilo, movement... Uh, Lilo's face is kind of messed up. Lilo, <laughs> yeah, but Lilo's like figure as like, like when she... like. She hides behind things. The animations she, are great. The uh, face is just climbs not. up things and <laughs> yeah, but it's a pixelated face and it is. like Stitch looks it pretty is. good. And, yeah. Uh, oh the yeah. The otter enemies, uh, which was also another thing about the movie, is like a lot of the space people were uh, aquatic based, which I always love because if there's aliens, they're probably water based. That's what yeah. I'm thinking. You know, He's, like look at deep sea creatures; they all look like shit. space aliens. You know, absolutely I, I, crazy. I don't think it's a coincidence, but yeah. <laughs> now we get into conspiracy theory. We're getting our conspiracy theory tone. <laughs> I'm a lizard person. I should admit that. Finally, um, yeah, no, like, yeah, no. I think this game looks really smooth. Like, there's just something really charming about the animations. Lilo can like pull herself up onto ledges, and there's just something about all the effort that she puts and she kicks her little legs and she puffs it out like she's really trying to get up on the uh, ledges. Later on in the game, you uh, like Lilo uh, t- gets a piggyback ride from Stitch. Yeah, and you can actually like switch them and it's really adorable it's like it looks super cute when it's they're very cute uh, but it's also dangerous because they're running from this, like this like ominous like bird like thing a, it's a mosquito it's a, a giant robot mos- mosquito Thank because <laughs> that's kind of the recurring joke in the movie is that earth is protected because they were able to convince them that mosquitoes were an endangered species so lilo spends a lot of time in this game in like a mosquito refuge you know uh and she's working with this big hulking green alien which just has great sprite animation yeah. like yeah. he's this big huge guy he takes up a lot of space and uh just really smoothly animated, you know. Yeah, we we definitely struggled with some of the difficulty on it, and I wonder if like a small child playing this game when it first came out might have gotten frustrated with it. I I feel like it's got a really good level of adaptability as opposed to like the Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which yeah. is impossible. Like I could see playing this game for hours and oh, yeah. like and not getting bored with it. That's thing, I could yeah. also see this being the game where you might. Go to your older sibling and go, hey, can can you give me yeah, past this, this part? Yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely got a lot of that energy. I mean, but I I don't know. I feel like there is a difference between like bad or like like hard difficult and hard frustrating. And I think this is more on the hard difficult side. It's the one it does make you want to come back and try and get better at it. And we were not playing it in the ideal circumstance. Like the controller I was using was a little stiff yeah. and like and, and he people reversed the reversed the I, jump and fire button. I reversed nothing. Okay. I put the I mapped them to be in the order that they are on on the Game Boy Advance itself. It just happened to be that the one said B and one said A, and they were switched. But yeah, so I am right on this. Have you I will ever die on this hill. played a game on an Xbox controller where you jumped by pressing B? Yeah. No. 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 That's not. You, it's you always on A. It's always on have A. You you ever, jump on A. Have you ever gone to a menu and you had to hit B to select your answer? Yes. No. no. <laughs> now you I have, have an now. Xbox controller. You have now. This it's is my wild. Style. It would be funny if you were just trolling, if you didn't believe in this, and you just decided that every time you play a game, you're just going to map something different. <laughs> just to add a little. Figure it out. <laughs> I'm just going to make you guys play add everything on a Wiimote. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter the game. We're just going to play waggle control. Next, you're going to put jump on X and shoot on left uh, bumper. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, uh, jumping is just pulling on my dog's tail. Yeah, yeah it's all very elaborately mapped out. No, but I mean, yeah, I I was really surprised at how solid this was. Like, this does have some elements that are a little frustrating. Like, you can't crouch and shoot, which is just kind of a mainstay of Metal Slug-style games. Like, you need to be able to crouch and shoot. And we did accidentally play a little bit of the sequel to this because I downloaded the wrong ROM. Um, and that game does let you crouch and shoot, and it also seemed to be much 
easier, right? I think they pared a lot yeah, of that down and kind of made it more accessible. That's going to be more directly based on the TV show, uh, which we were actually watching a little bit of before we recorded tonight. And that's that's a pretty charming little show. Um, oh, and so there are, there are several other Lilo and Stitch games. Justin, you said you grew up with one on the PS2. Yes, uh, and I looked that one up during the duration of this. It came out three weeks after this one did. Oh, wow, okay. So And, and that's and that the prequel was, one, right? Yes, that okay. one came out on the PlayStation 2, and it was a... I, my memory seems to imply, and I haven't seen anything of it in years. Yeah, it's like an it action was, platformer. Uh, kind of like a uh, Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which um, is a good fit for, yeah, for this yeah. series. And, and you, uh, you just play as, uh, as Stitch. And I, th- I think you might switch characters here and there. But you are Stitch doing... Uh, misdeeds, adventures, you are helping the doctor get DNA samples for other experiments. Yeah. Because as is revealed after the movie in the additional content, like the the, the show and all of that, uh, Stitch being experiment 626, he was not the first and not also the last one. Right, yeah. And so uh, you go and basically do like heists and, and stuff for him, uh, gather DNA samples until eventually the shit starts going down. And, that sounds cute. I would play uh, that. Yeah, yeah play that. It, it, was a, it was a fun little time. I know uh, the character of 625 is a big character on the TV show, and I know this, uh, uh, my girlfriend Ailish pointed out that there were a lot of Flash games that were done on Disney.com that are now like archived in a couple places. <laughs> and she wanted me to emphasize that that is like the modern library of Alexandria <laughs> for younger kids because Flash is now dead. Yeah. 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 I, there was, uh, I was looking up the games related to it. And I saw a reference of one about making sandwiches. And I was like, hey, you know what? I'm pretty sure I played uh, that one as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. There that's is, the one she was playing. Uh, like Gotham Girls was like this. Gotham Girls. Oh yeah, yeah. Web show that was on that used Flash, uh, and it was like right. It was after uh, Batman the Animated Series went off the air, and it was like right when like the internet started becoming a thing, and it took forever to fucking download. Oh and really? You get these like little like five minute like uh, five to ten minute like little like animations of uh, of the Gotham Girls of Poison Ivy, Harlequin, Catwoman, and Batgirl. Uh, and they were so fucking amazing. Like yeah. and I wonder if they're archived somewhere. There I probably is. Yeah. Also if there's if there's anybody uh, around that is listening to this that wasn't uh, alive in like ninety nine, two thousand, uh, you know how your current interconnection internet connection you get like five megabytes minimum down uh well back in the day we used to get like i think we had a 45 kilobyte connection something it was like 45 that. kilobytes a second you would open a youtube video this was when if you open a youtube video it would cache the whole video instead of just like a segment of it so you would open a youtube video like your favorite music video or something, and then you would come back to it two hours later, and then you would finally watch it. it because would be a, that's how long it took to get the whole video ready to play. And it would be like a QuickTime video that's the size of a postage stamp. You know? Yeah. And oh, the, God. So many 240p and below videos. Oh, um, when, when we got our first computer back in 1995, we had to add a wing to the house. Uh, because of all the servers that just aligned <laughs> everything. We had to have a technician come in and insert the punch cards in exactly the right order. It was just this whole it was this whole thing. It was a, an absolutely wild time and it, some people theorize that the reason why some of the youngest generation of kids that are in their, you know, mid to late teens are worse at using technology than say my generation was mm. was because we had to figure it out on our own most of the time it's or through friends friendly we, now we had to find out how to find out how to work it yeah because we we had to know we had to get resourceful on how to learn technology because a lot of it was new when we first got the internet at our house that was a wild thing for us. And we were not early. No. We were not early. No, neither um, were we. 
we were on dial up when people were on you know, like cable five meg connections sure. who were still forty five k, but uh, and then the younger generations. Uh, everybody around them already knew how all this technology worked. It hasn't been as revolutionary in the last decade as it was between 95 and 2005. Because yeah. um, that that whole thing was wild. Oh, YouTube, I, Google, those things didn't fucking exist at one point. I, I, I won't. We went to Ask Jeeves. <laughs> I, I won't harp on this. I will just throw out that I learned to type. On a typewriter. <laughs> I didn't do I that. Am. I, I learned on a typewriter. I, I learned I it. I learned, I, I learned on a, 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 we had computer labs. Yes, we did uh, too. Yeah. But it was just so, it's so interesting because like there is a big problem nowadays with uh, the younger generation not being able to type. Yeah. And you're in, like somebody I know hired somebody recently and they're like 20 and they like hot and peck. Oh yeah. With two fingers. Or they use and thumbs. And yeah. it's like, it's like, I, it's like, what? You don't learn to type anymore? I, where uh, Mavis Beacon, where art thou? I yes. have been astonished. My sister is a few years older than me. And she hasn't had a computer. She just has her phone. I mean, I could see more and more. So, like, she doesn't have a device to type on. And it's probably the same thing for a lot of these kids where it's like their parents have a computer. Yeah. But unless they're playing, like, PC games, 90% of things. There was a time when most internet content did not even work on a cell phone. Yeah. Even the iPhone. Like, if it wasn't a Flash-based player... It didn't even run. It's uh, weird to think. It was such a wild time where most web content wouldn't load on a phone. And now all web content pretty much has to run on a phone. And now you can just download a Game Boy Advance emulator onto your phone and play Lilo and Stitch the game, which I recommend you do. Yeah, I yeah. liked it. I liked it. Instead of begging your parents for Game Boy Bringing Advance it back for, home. for multiple oh, years. Yeah. Um, um, I think yeah we should uh, we should move on to our rankings. But I, I will say yeah. uh, th- this was an interesting time because it was 2002. Yeah. Um, both the games and the move the games that we've talked about and the movie came out in 2002, and uh, it was kind of them, a transitional state. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was a period of time where for video games, especially for it to be in the top 50 Game Boy Advance games, pretty good. It was much more word of mouth because. Marketing wasn't a solved thing for video games yet. They no. they were still not taking it very seriously. Oftentimes, you almost never saw a commercial for a video game. You saw a single page or less ad in like a magazine for a video game. That was the thing. Yeah, if, that, if unless it was like a triple A title, you weren't really yeah, getting a lot of TV you, spots. You just saw it in like a magazine. Uh, kids these days are gonna say, "What the fuck is a magazine?" Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it was such a wild time for this game to make it to the top 50. I do love that you're the youngest one at this table and you're the one saying the I know. kids these days. I, like, I just have days. to throw that out there. Um, all right, well, let's move on to our rankings for Lilo and Stitch. Uh, each week we are ranking the games and the movies we played from the scale of good movie, good game to bad movie, bad game, or any variation in between. Uh, J. Ben, why don't you kick us off since you've got the controversial hot my takes and controversial, you hate joy. No, I'm a, my, so I'm going to say that this movie lands for me somewhere between good and great. Okay. Some Because like that's where it lands for me. Uh, I know that might be blasphemy to some people because I know lots of people love, 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 love this movie. And there is a lot to love about the movie. We didn't even talk about um, they're featuring hula uh, yeah. in, like, in Hawaiian yeah. music. And like we... In language. In, uh, in language. We, there's a lot to love about this movie. And like... There's so much to love about this movie. Um, Just for me, like, uh, I just feel like Frozen is a bit of a tighter movie. Um, And and again, like, again, I was probably the wrong age when this movie came out. Yeah. Um, But, um, uh, and I think I really love this game. I had a blast playing this game and I would easily play this game for hours like and how much of this is inflated by the fact that you beat the boss and oh. none of us could be <laughs> the feeling that is going to carry me through many platform games where i fall to my doom <laughs> there was some there was there's an air of smugness so an air of very well-earned smugness yes. that you, you yes. deserved it 
Everyone, every single person in the place in the place had tried to kill him. Yeah, you're yeah. the one who did it. Yeah. you brought it home. You threw the bright pineapples. Even yeah. even Ailish was in on that one, and we yeah. still couldn't do it. No. Yeah, uh, Justin, where do you land on this one? Uh, great movie, decent game. I'll, yeah. I'll say good game. Uh, it's decent by today's standards, but by the standards at the time, it was probably a pretty decent. It was probably definitely in the good category. Yeah. Um, there's just a few things that could be tightened up, but otherwise, it. Uh, it was a solid game. Absolutely. Uh, like you said, you weren't super frustrated when playing it. Um, things genu- generally made sense. There was a few things with like the enemy AI where sometimes they would try to get close to you and they'd get too close so that there was a, a gray area where if they were too close to you or you too close to them, you couldn't hurt each other. Yeah, yeah. And so they would put themselves in that area often and get you'd get in this weird loop of trying not to get hit, yeah. but also trying to distance from them so you can shoot them. Uh, but otherwise, everything else was fun. Uh, it was an era of... It's not open world game. It's not like Baldur's Gate or no, something no. where you can have 500 billion different ways that you can, you know, we have full 3D for structuring fights and like creating variety. But they still managed to do a pretty good job of creating, you know, having just the right number of enemies to make it feel like there's a variety. Yeah. The, the boss encounters are all pretty fairly different than each other and also fun and interesting. They weren't like tried and true oh we've seen this before it was like oh okay yeah i I think i know how this one's supposed to work and i think we all know where i come down a great movie great game well i'm not gonna say great game but i really did enjoy the game more than i expected it to like i was expecting just another generic kind of hop and bop platformer and the fact that they adapted metal slug which is a game i love really dearly and put it onto this license i think really makes sense uh, the game had a lot of variety that I appreciated. It had some surprises, and it was a decent-sized challenge. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, w- I was really happy with both of these. The music was a little repetitive, but it was at least not annoying music. I was sad that they they didn't license any um, Elvis. Oh, I mean, um, that must have been so expensive. I know. Yeah. I know. I, I, can, I can see why not. But it was, I found the music to be very chill. Yeah, it's very chill. I don't know if it was the right vibe for like a run and well, gun shooter game. I don't think but... it was the right vibe because they they'd have uh, like towards the ends of the levels that you'd be having five, six, like um, like like three on the ground, three helicopters yeah. trying to shoot at you, and this music is like da 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 da, just chill, just, just chill. chill, just chill. Just but vibing. I feel like with the quantity of music that they had, which wasn't much, if it was any more intense it might get it might be more noticeable and more uh repetitive it would feel more repetitive yeah whereas this one you were able to kind of push it into the back of your mind and just be like oh yeah there's music here and it's playing and it's all right um and you didn't focus as much on on it yeah to notice that it wasn't as variety as much of a variety well, either way, it was fun to talk about, and uh, next week we're going to have another really fun one to talk about because we're starting another little mini series, another two oh, movie no. mini series, two movies that I think are pretty. Goddamn Barbie Playhouse perfect. Adventure. That's the one. Yes, yes. We're playing. Uh, we're playing two movies in the Adams Family series. Oh. That's right. We're talking about the Adams Family and Adams Family Values. Is Hayato going to guest with us? Yes, I believe so. We're going to we're going to try and get him onto the show for Adams Family Values because uh, he really wants to talk about that one. I- I'm excited for both of these. I've never played the games for either of these, but I've seen these movies more times than I can count. They're twisted, they're wonderful, uh, they're an absolute delight. So, And to be clear, we're talking about the 1991 and 1993, not the newer animated movies, which I have not seen. Have you seen them, Justin? Um, I, in the last year, I saw one of them. Okay. And I think it was Adam Family Values. Was okay. it a, at a summer camp? Dead air. 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 Um, what was, <laughs> who was the act, one of them had an actress that was notably evil. Yeah, Joan Cusack. Yeah, yeah, yeah Joan was, Cusack. Was that uh, the first will, one or the second I, that's one? That's the second one. Okay. I have so, so that's many the one things I've seen. to say about that performance. I cannot wait. So we'll see you all next week for uh, Adam's Family, the first Adam's Family from 1991. So we will see you then. Bye, everybody. Bye.